over the past few weeks, I have found myself in a position where there have been some uncomfortable conversations. I might also call these hard conversations, conversations that are difficult to have uh, or to participate in. But most importantly, I do want to say that they, I realize and appreciate that no matter how uncomfortable I have and still continue to allow myself to be before, during, and after one of these conversations, that I had a realization yesterday that, and I, and I don't feel like, or I don't think that I have, uh, haven't, haven't had this realization before, but for some reason it resonated much more deeply. And that is that these conversations are sometimes necessary. And that it, and especially in this case where my, my level of emotional investment is very high. This is a close family member who I certainly do care about very much and have for my, for uh, their entire life, I have had a, a, uh, a tremendous investment and a very large stake in their well-being. And it is very difficult for me to see this person struggling. And that's the other thing that I want to, to speak about is that so much of why these conversations sometimes are difficult and uncomfortable or hard to have, it is because of the, at least for me, now I can't know what anyone else's experience is, but for me, uh, witnessing the pain and suffering of others and knowing in some cases that there's nothing I can do to make that stop. And the only thing I can do is to ultimately be with them however they are, however I am, and however things are in the moment or the moments in which this conversation is taking place. My guru once spoke many, many years ago about how the being what he referred to as being fully human, so much about that when dealing with other people in our lives, whether we are emotionally close with them or not, that it is the difficult, the most, one of the most difficult and challenging parts of that is that we can essentially feel our human hearts breaking. And sometimes that is incredibly painful, but at the same time, uh, to be able to recognize and be here now or be here in the moment as it is, however it presents itself, and to recognize that there is, if I am a, if I can be or allow myself, I can't make myself be anything, but if I can be open to and allow myself to be a witness to anyone's pain or suffering, if I can allow myself to recognize that this is, no matter how much I don't like it for them, how much I don't want this to be the case for them, that ultimately this is what is. And so that's what I loved about his teaching in this regard or in this on this particular subject is that while my human heart is breaking in what sometimes feels like a million pieces, you know, metaphorically speaking, but I can still be at peace with the fact that this is all happening the way it's happening and how could it be any other way? I don't want it to be this way. I don't want to see anyone suffer, certainly, but there is no way for me to change that. This is... What I find is with my own journey and with everyone else's journey, we are all dealing with wherever we find ourselves. Uh, 
And I know that a lot of times there are there are different human philosophies, such as you know the concept of karma. There's also you know cause and effect. And I recognize that uh, in, with some of these, uh, looking at some of these different uh, ways of looking at cause and effect, that ultimately on some level, cause and effect is really part of just the natural laws of the universe unfolding as they do. And as personal as I can can get in those situations where I'm dealing with someone else suffering from cause and effect, uh, is just to remember that it is very impersonal on some level. And I can appreciate that. I can be present. I can actually be mindful. I can be aware of, of all of my thoughts and reactions to someone else's suffering uh, or them sharing with me certain things that make me uncomfortable. And it may even be something about me. I may just not want to hear it for some reason. I may be in denial about whatever it is that's being shared with me. But I can actually remember that no matter how much I don't like how it is, or I might even hate how it is, I might be completely uh, in denial of how it is and feeling my own human heart breaking in those moments that I can simply remember that this is what is happening and it it is ultimately up to me to, uh, to navigate that however I can. And I, and I certainly want to navigate that and, and, uh, cope as effectively as possible by just being, being here, however it feels and recognizing that I might be reacting in some way. And in this case, what I found over the last couple of weeks is there has been a, not only a resistance to having these conversations with this particular uh, family member, not only has there been resistance, but there has been a sense of frustration watching someone continue to suffer. And I could go as far to say that they are causing their own suffering, but I know that it's really not up to me to judge. And I certainly don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be in the business of, uh, of judging why someone is going through what they're going through, that it's, it's ultimately not up to me and it's not in the purview of what I'm here to be and to do uh, to get into a lot of thoughts and beliefs and judgments about why this person finds themselves where they do. I really don't even want to do that for myself because I, to a certain degree, I know that I can get very caught up in judging myself and I can be very, be very hard on myself and I can, you know, beat myself up emotionally and, uh, and continue to contribute to feelings of shame uh, and feelings of uh, inadequacy by doing this. So to I realize I've been speaking a lot about all this in general. Uh, what I had the opportunity to really work with was that there was a conversation like this that came up. I, I had no warning, not that I deserve or expect a warning and it's not really necessary, but I think having this happen just spontaneously and serendipitously allowed me to find myself in that position of having that difficult conversation, having that uncomfortable conversation without, and I, on one hand, I would say the luxury of preparing, but I realized that preparing for this really is not a luxury. It only is if I think it is. It only is if I think somehow or I believe or both 
that I need to have some way to prepare for these, that I need to somehow have it all together before this conversation unfolds. And I know now that that is not the case. I can trust in my own innate ability, and it's it's something that we an ability that we all have ultimately as part of, of this human consciousness that I can just trust that in the moment, whatever it is that I will need to bring to bear uh, on upon a, a certain situation, uh, however it is that or whatever it is I need to be equipped with, I don't have to actively equip myself with it. I can trust that if I have continued to practice simply being present, showing up, being here, however they are, however I am, and whatever the situation is, and recognize that, yes, I may have thoughts about this. And there certainly yesterday, as this conversation was going on, there was an additional channel playing, so to speak, at the same time, or a different film running. There was whatever was happening, whatever communication was going on, but there was also all of my thoughts about why this person, you know, why are they continuing to do this to themselves? Can they not hear me? I'm trying, I'm trying to help them. And I know that that's a trap. Ultimately, I can get really caught up in being the person that's helping someone. And it's not to say that I don't want to help people. And it's not to say that I don't want to care for people, but I know that ultimately, you know, really identifying as the person helping someone uh, if I get too fully invested in that to the point that that's how I see myself and that, that you know, this is my role as the helper and they're the person that I'm helping, that I know ultimately it's a trap. At some point, I'm going to be acting uh, in a certain way based on how I think the person that's helping should behave. And so no wonder these kind of conversations are so have been and continue to be difficult for me because there's not only thoughts occurring and I can be aware of those thoughts and, and, and I'm very grateful for a mindfulness practice to have, you know, to have engaged in the, uh, you know, over and over and over again, just simply paying attention to my thoughts and sitting with them however they are without needing to judge them, without analyzing them. Uh, without identifying as the person who's having them, even if I'm trying to somehow tell myself or think myself into a certain belief that this, you know, this is who I am, that I can just simply be with that without needing to buy into it. And at the same time, the mind, what I refer to as mindful coping practice or my, you know, being mindful on my feet has really just been about practicing practicing mindfulness, practicing the practice of mindfulness out in the world. Uh, I know when I first started, it was not possible for me to do that. I, you know, I, I needed to have, and I don't think there's anything abnormal about this. I needed to set time aside. I needed to be in a quiet place, free from distractions. And it was really a benefit in a lot of ways because of the fact that it wasn't so much I didn't want to be bothered by other people or any distractions. It was actually the other way. I didn't. I, I, I initially, remembering this, you know, this is going back over 30 years. Yes, there. It, it was a form of escape at first. It certainly was. I was wanting to feel better. I didn't want to suffer as much, and I did find interpersonal relationships terribly challenging. So there was a a certain. Uh, a level of escapism that motivated me beginning this practice. 
And as someone who had struggled almost all their life with chronic depression, yes, this is what I was really looking for. The, the gift of this, and it was one of many unexpected gifts, is that it actually freed me from any distractions. And so all I was left with was paying attention to my own thoughts and being able to see as, as I continued to practice to, to see in real time how thoughts that were coming up, if I believed what I was thinking about what I was feeling, uh, if I believed what I thought about conversations that I was having that I didn't want to have and wanted to run and hide from, I was so busy being the person resisting having the conversation, the be, be, very busy being the person that was running and hiding from these moments that were very uncomfortable, that that's who I really became, if that's who I thought that I was. And if that's who I thought that I was, I really could not effectively and openly be in a conversation with someone this way. There was definitely a lot of defensiveness. When I was hearing things that were shared with me about other people's viewpoints or perspectives on how I present myself, yes, there was a tremendous amount of defensiveness. And it was only after I continued to practice uh, throughout the, you know, I'd say the first 10 years that I began to see that the defensiveness that the, my reactions to these conversations was really nothing more than it was just a uh, it was just a defense mechanism. It was a form of resistance, and somehow I really believe that if I continue to resist these things, uh, having these conversations, then I hoped that I wouldn't have to have them anymore. And that that has not that has not been the case. These uh, interpersonal relationships. Uh, and this is with people on all levels. This is people that I know very well, people that I've just met, uh, it, all along that spectrum, that part of this human experience has been, and I know, and, and it's not a belief, but I just intuit, based on uh, prior experience, that it's highly likely I will have more of these conversations. Uh, it's highly likely I will have people share their perspective uh, on my behavior, how I present myself in the world, how I present myself in certain situations. And it's up to me to decide. And in this case, when I say decide, I don't want to give the impression that there, this is some sort of, for me, not that there's anything wrong with self-improvement, but for me, this has just not been my particular path. And I'm in no way saying that I don't need improvement. Uh, I, I certainly see that there are areas in my life where I certainly do, but I find that for me, the path to, if there has been any improvement, I certainly want to improve. I certainly want to be the best human being that I can be, but it's something, what I found for me is that if there is any improvement to be made, then it's going to be something that will happen without me being busy being the person that's making any improvements. And so yesterday... Uh, I had an opportunity to just find myself in a very uncomfortable conversation. It was a conversation that, quote-unquote, really brought me down. It really bummed me out, as we sometimes say, or harshed my mellow. I know these are a lot of colloquialisms, but it's, it's ultimately, it's just what's coming up in the moment. And I didn't enjoy it. I didn't want it. I didn't want to be in it. But yet, that is where I found myself. And suddenly... When I found myself 
due to mindfulness practice, just due to repetitively watching these thoughts, I began to feel tension in my body. I began to feel defensiveness coming up within me. I felt myself resisting uh, everything that uh, that I was fe- that I was experiencing in those moments. I just wanted it to be over with, and suddenly there was this surrender. There was this just giving up of any need. I recognized that it wasn't going to help me at all. I, that that no matter how much I resisted, it wasn't going to do me any good. This is where I was. This is what was happening. And if I care about this person, which I certainly do, then I want to be present for them. And even if it doesn't feel good, even if it's incredibly painful, and I just simply gave myself over to the uncomfortable nature of this of, of those moments. I gave myself over to realizing that while this was not my choice, if someone would have given me a choice, this isn't what I wanted to be doing. I didn't want this person to be suffering clearly, and I didn't want to be witnessing the suffering. And instead of, of giving in to the thoughts that I had about how to make this just stop, I just had the conversation without really much thought at all. There was some thoughts happening, but it's almost as if they weren't happening because I wasn't paying attention to them. I recognized that they were happening, but I think this is also one of the uh, the unexpected beautiful gifts or the fruits of the practice. At some point, the chatter in my head of these thoughts, I can actually be present and not be plagued by these thoughts. They're still happening. And yes, I do want to pay attention to them only not to indulge in them, not to identify with them, but to simply be aware that they're happening. So that if I unconsciously begin to form beliefs around those thoughts, then I can recognize it and let go of it. And that's really what the practice has been about for me, is that it is, it's allowed me to be more fully human and to be here with people and for people, no matter how uncomfortable it is, no matter how much I don't want to hear what they're sharing with me, no matter how resistant I am to it. And that to me is the experience of living a human life. It's not an opinion. It's not a belief. It's just that at the end of the day, I'm here. I'm in human form. This is where I am in this incarnation. And it is so much, uh, there's so much more joy available to me. There's so much more meaning. If there is meaning, I can't necessarily make the meaning but ultimately, if it is there, I can be here to be available for it. And I don't have to create it. I don't have to bring it about. That has been one of the most beautiful surprises about engaging in this practice. And ultimately, it's allowed me to find peace within myself, find more presence, and more willingness to be here and now exactly however it is, however I am, without me trying to brute force myself or to talk myself into being peaceful. Uh, While there's nothing wrong with those things, I just have found for me that the more I've tried to be any particular way, uh, then the more I'm going to ultimately find a way to not do that any further and to give in to anything or any way in which I'm resisting how how it actually is. And that for me has been, uh, one of, this has been clearly one of the most important realizations I've had on this journey. And I, I find that it, this practice continues to, uh, while the practice is what it is and it doesn't really, doesn't change very much, 
that instead of, and that's why I love mindful coping practice or, you know, being mindful on my feet because every day, every moment of every day, it's, this isn't just about sitting on a cushion in a dark room, being quiet, trying to hide from the rest of the world and all the people in it and all the things that are happening that I don't want to be subjected to. It's actually about more, more openly and more freely being out in the world with everyone, experiencing what they're experiencing, taking responsibility for what uh, I need to be taking responsibility for, and being fully human and doing it. Or I should say not doing it, but being it. That is really what I'm trying to convey here, that I can be this presence. Uh, it's, it's about so much more than me and not to get... Uh, metaphysical or uh, in any way to to look at this through a different lens other than the practice of mindfulness that I can I can be more free and more available to be this peace and to be this presence uh, for people and for myself if I'm not busy caught up in identifying with thoughts that I'm having and have and indulging in and, and uh, justifying emotional reactions to uh, thoughts and experiences that I clearly am resisting in some way. It is actually much easier. That's really what I found yesterday. While the conversation was uncomfortable and didn't feel good, I clearly recognized, and this is not an opinion, but I recognized that it was necessary, that this is what was going to unfold, and I could just simply allow it and not resist it. And it made it so much easier to be available uh, for the person that I was having this conversation with. And I think at the same time to be more gentle, kind and gentle to myself as well. And I'm incredibly thankful for that.